Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a little while, you know that I love to share inspirational stories of people, women especially, who have reinvented their lives and followed what we might call an untraditional path to get to where they got to. And my guest today is no exception to that story. Her name is Mary Beth Decker, and she has literally reinvented her life from a career in the Navy to following her intuitive nudges and getting into the world of animal communication and healing, which seems like a very long way between those two points. And the story is really inspiring. And what I loved most about it, and we're going to get right into it, is the fact that she followed her inner nudges and stepped into the unknown over and over again. And like on my own path, I have had to do that. It's not always an easy thing to do, but there is always something super rewarding at the other end of it. And that's why I want to welcome Mary Beth to the podcast today to share her story of continually stepping into the unknown. So welcome, Mary Beth. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. It's really cool to be here. And hopefully um, my story will be of interest. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us a little bit about kind of your like your Navy career, what led you from that to the place where you are now and uncovering these beautiful gifts that you have along the way. I would love to. And you know, even stepping into the Navy was like, that was an intuitive nudge. I I was um, back in the day where women, I think we were mostly secretaries or nurses. And to join the Navy was, was like, man, okay, see the world. All right, I'm doing it. So that was my first jump to like say, goodbye, Buffalo, New York. I'm going to Puerto Rico now. And then, <laughs> seriously, and I don't even want to talk about that because for me, it was the first time I had seen so many, I got to meet so many different people from the United States, different parts of the States, plus so many different cultures. And that, that shifted who I was. That I think that was possibly the biggest gift the Navy gave me. Mm-hmm. And so... And sobriety, strangely enough, because coming, you know, there's the lovely story of the drunken sailor. That song seems to be true. And got clear on that, too, and made a big shift into being sober, which also, man, that was a cool shift. But it was time to, I retired from the Navy, and I needed to do something else. And I was in an association, great place, was nearing the end of the time, I was just getting nudges to do other things. Uh, All of a sudden, massage therapy came up. And in massage therapy, I met a Reiki master and I learned Reiki. Mm. I started doing massage and Reiki for people. And after I, uh, 
funny to say it. Yesterday I was doing Reiki for quite a while. It, it isn't just Reiki. It was other animal, excuse me, other energy healings. My dog started communicating with me. And at some point I was, and a number of them had passed on. At some point I was like, I got to figure this out. This can't be just random stuff. And I dove in and started doing animal communication. And it was, it was another point in my life where who I was shifted, if I can say it that way, you know, it just, mm -hmm. I shifted. And it's been, um, been so eye-opening to have another dimension of connection in my life and to help people and animals through that. So there were a lot of nudges uh, through this, like, you know, I, let's be honest, I thought I would get a little higher in the Navy than where I retired at. And I'm happy with having been a lieutenant commander, but everybody's got these things about where they want to be. And also in the association, I thought maybe I'd move on up. And then truthfully, my first husband passed when my kids were young and sort of doing all the hard things that you do for an organization, the time you spend away from your family in order to get up the ladder wasn't an option anymore. Mm. And so that was that was like two doors closing. And that's I believe that's where the, the intuitive nudge was like, yeah, well, this was supposed to now, how do I say that? There's an opportunity here for you, Mary Beth. Right. Look for it is the better way that I would say that. Yeah. So there's a bunch of things that I want to unpack in your story because you've touched on some things that I, I think are really important. So you talked a lot about kind of nudges coming up for you. Like what mm -hmm. did that look like for you? And like how, like, did you believe, like, I have nudges all the time and half the time I'm going, are you crazy? I'm not doing that. Like, how did that show up for you? And how did you learn to kind of trust what these nudges were? Like, even in the beginning, when you joined the Navy, which was a highly unconventional path at that time. It was, yeah. Like, how did you learn to, to listen to and trust these nudges that came up? It's always felt to me, the universe said, kind of showed me two paths. Mary Beth, you could stay in Buffalo. I love Buffalo, okay. <laughs> but... You can stay there and this is what you're doing now is sort of a secretarial position. You know, if that's what you want. And then hint, hint, what about this? And, and I, it was as if I was, I could see two clear paths mm. and the one sounded exciting and the other one sounded, yeah, I've seen that story for women that I grew up with all my life. I'm trying the other one. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where that courage came from, to tell you the truth, because I'm I'm not like, I don't know, I haven't jumped out of an airplane yet, that sort of thing. But there was something that pushed me in that direction, Jennifer. Interesting. Of, of excitement versus dull. <laughs> right. And so and I was going to ask you the question about courage, because often, you know, we have this, oh, I could do this thing. But like, being in the known and the comfortable, which our human brain loves, right? Like to stay where we where we can predict the outcome of things versus jumping into something that we have no idea where it could go. Like, were you at points, did you get really afraid or was it just you had this kind of calm knowing that wherever I'm going is going to be okay? Oh, no, I had points where I was really afraid. Like 
my mom and dad drove me up to Rhode Island for officer candidate school. And I thought, what the heck? <laughs> and then uh, driving to Bayonne, New Jersey to drop my car off. And I didn't know where I was. I didn't know who to call so that I get my car down to Puerto Rico. I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> and it worked out. So there was tons of fear. Oh my goodness. And there was, there was tons of fear. And I just said, well, okay, we wake up and see what happens next. You know, mm. you started the path, keep walking. Mm. <laughs> and things start to work out. Even getting on my next duty station was Tokyo, Japan. I'm in Narita Airport. Japanese people speaking English. My name does not sound the same to me as it does when I talk to my friends in Buffalo. And I'm like, I know there's a sponsor and I can't understand it. And all of a sudden I finally hear it. I'm like, okay, good. So I'm with, you could start to look for the ways that are going to get you through. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You take, you take, I guess there's a little faith in there. Is that what it might be? Yeah, I was just going to say that because I know like for myself, for example, even when I left my corporate career, there was this part of me that was like, it was like, it was two separate parts of me. There was the part of me that had this like knowing that I was doing the right thing. And then there was this other part of me that going was going, what the heck is going on? Why are you doing this? You know what I mean? And it was all the worry and the fear. But somehow I was able to tune in a little bit more every day to that part of me that was like, it's going to be okay. This is taking you somewhere. Right. And I just kept like trying to block out the one and start keep listening to the other in order to be able to continue taking steps forward. That is exactly it. I I had never had the clarity of lovely conversation we're having here that it was. I was some part of me, the part that really wanted to experience some things was pointing me into looking for the next step, the way out, the how you're going to, how you're going to figure this out. And, um, and it, it is so difficult to quiet down the other part that's saying you're in Japan and you're lost in an airport. What <laughs> the heck now? And then you, yeah. start, then the voice comes over and you go, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, people listening to this podcast have heard me say this before, but like along my journey, when the fear got really, really loud, there were so many days where I was like, okay, that's it. I quit. I'm going to go back to what I know because this is just too hard. And then I would allow myself to be like, okay, all right, you can quit. No problem. And then two hours later, I'd be like, but I can't like, there's this part of me that just will not let me quit. And to me, and tell me if this resonates for you, to me, this is just like our soul's voice is talking so loudly to us and saying, come over here, come over here, right? There's something for you. And our job is to have enough faith and trust that we will not be led wrong. I believe that that is a great way to say it, because I do feel it was it was my soul that was saying this. No, this is the this is where you need to go, Mary Beth. I feel like. In, in my belief system is like you, we, I laid out a path for myself, probably with some help from some, some very divine beings that said, here's the things you want to get done in this life. We will be really, you, Mary Beth. <laughs> yeah. And then listening and listening to the soul. And it's some part of us says, yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next step. Right. I know that, I know that feeling. Yeah. 
and and, yeah. and even when we think you want to give up and then you you sit around and say okay i'm right and then you go then you come back to saying ah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving forward in this direction it, it sounds it's much more exciting yeah. exciting than the, the other choice because i truly believe that like my soul's voice was always talking to me Right. But I wasn't listening. I was just too busy being like, shut up. I got a job to do. Shut up. Go away. I got a job to do. I'm too busy like to pay attention, you know, all of this. And then it gets to a point where it's like, okay, we're going to have to do something else to get your attention. And for me, it was just like, you know, my whole, <laughs> my whole life crumbling around me at the age of 50, you know, where I found myself divorced, unemployed, an empty nester and bedridden with a stress related illness. And it was just like, I had nowhere else to go because what I knew was no longer available to me. So I only had one path forward. And I tell people all the time, like, you do not have to wait until it gets to that critical point to start paying attention. I had no choice. Like, I was literally forced where the universe was like, okay, we're going to shut off all the other avenues because you're not listening to us and we need you to go in this direction. <laughs> right? And, you, and you'll thank me for it later. <laughs> and you will. Just trust me on this, right? And then, <laughs> But I tell people all the time, like, you can start tuning in and listening now. Like, don't wait wait till everything crumbles around you until you're in this position where you have no choice. Because honestly, if there's an easier way, I would, if I had known an easier way, I would have taken it, but I didn't. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, I, I love, love a lot of the sayings in, in AA and one was, you know, God, you get a little whisper and then you get a, a shout and then you get a little shove and all of a sudden there's the two by four, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever, whatever it takes to get our attention. That, and that's me. Unfortunately, I am the two by four. To the I head person. So tell me a little bit. So I wanted to unpack as well to sobriety. Can you kind of mention that as kind hmm. of being a pivotal moment? So what led you to the decision that you needed to become sober? So talk about the, the hand of creator or whatever it is. I'm already drinking and I joined the Navy and I looked around and said, oh boy, these people drink like me. Hot damn. Right. But So I get to go to a duty station where where we, one of the things we're teaching the sailors, we started talking about drug, alcohol use and how to drink responsibility. And here's somebody who's drinking more than she should have should on a regular basis, getting up and talking about drinking responsibly. And so there was this disconnect. And what an interesting thing that I ended up there. Plus, one of the things is that we were required to go to AA meetings just to see what it was like, you know, as part of the training. And something clicked in me. And I think it was, I, I learned enough. I had Again, there's that choice point. I went back to Buffalo for my first marriage, and one of my good friends came in, like one of my drinking buddies, and I wasn't drinking it during the the wet, you know, at, during that time. I saw me talking to me, the sober me versus the drunk me, and she's a very lovely person. I think we're both sober now, but I looked at that and said, "Oh my, there's my path. That's who I am when I drink." Mm -hmm. Kind of. And I made a decision and I, I was given these opportunities to see where the path goes if you don't change anything. And that was when I said, okay, it's time to do something different. It's time to quit. And then everybody finds their own way through sobriety or whatever it is. But the, the 12 steps of 
helped clear the inner part of me as well as the physical choice of not picking up anymore. And that was a big piece of mm-hmm. moving closer to being able to listen to when source talks to me. Right, right. Because you can't hear it when you're drinking. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> well, yes, I was going to say maybe everybody's experience is different. But so how old are you then when you retire from the Navy? I was 40. I had an early right. retirement that there was a, the uh, drawdown in the military. Uh, and my kids were young and I stayed right in the Washington, D.C. area. And I was looking for another job, basically. So, so you come out of the Navy. You're like, okay, I've just spent, I don't know how many years, how many years did you spend in the Navy? I had 17 years. I had an early retirement. So you come out of a 17 year career in the Navy. And do you have any idea at this point, like what's next? Not really. And I I mean, I know I have some skills, uh, did personnel and pay was my background and also writing and things like that. And uh, interestingly enough, I met a guy in in AA, who ran this very large nonprofit, and I got hired. Mm. So again, it's so interesting that the opportunity was there, and it was actually through through AA, you know, the sobriety, and it worked. What my skills, my management skills from the Navy, really were pretty good for this organization, I believe. Yeah. So Hmm. it didn't, I think I would have found something, but the fact that it was somebody that I met through getting sober was kind of a lovely Hmm. little piece of synchronicity or a gift. Nice. Yeah, that's beautiful. So you get out of the Navy, you now find yourself in another kind of management position. And then when do you then start feeling the next kind of like, okay, there's something now calling me in a different direction? Like, how did that play out? I felt that after my, my husband passed, it was my duty to get my kids grown and if they wanted to go go into college so i i was not open to anything else the very end when they started getting out of high school going to college finding their or finding what they want to do in life that's when the the urge to do something else because nothing exciting was happening for me anymore and then and it was like massage i think i should learn massage i was like where did that come from and I found that's where I found that out. And what was interesting with, I think many massage therapists will tell you that, that massage a skill that because you're, you're tuning into what the body needs, your intuitive side starts to open up. Mm. I don't think people talk about that, but there is an intuitive side that shows up for many massage therapists. And so somewhere along the way, I was going to school for it. And then at some point, I told my bosses, okay, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to do massage. And at that point, energy healing full time. Mm. Wow. So what was that like, like doing it full time? Did you struggle at first or did kind of it flow? Like how that's a big shift. No, I struggled, you know, going from a job where you walk in and everything 
So you do what's laid out for you. You have a job. You have, yeah. you know, you have things that must be done. To becoming an entrepreneur, completely out of my skill set. And so that, well, luckily somebody else brought me into a session where there was a lovely woman who was teaching how to create a business and do marketing and things like that. And that helped me. So it was unexpected, but it was very helpful. I still mm-hmm. struggled, but now I had a path on how to move things forward. Yeah. Huh. yeah. And so you yeah. now stepped out of a job where you have the box <laughs> squarely, you're, you know, have the box defined for you and you know exactly when you play. Now you step into the world of entrepreneurship and it's like, okay, now I have to create my own box and figure this out. <laughs> yes. And, the, and yeah. from there, from there, it's also saying you need to step up and let people know who you are and what you're doing. You got to show up. You got to do some, you got to go visit different networking groups and talk to people. You have to be visible. And there's another place where I was stepping up into a, a new version of myself rather than being the quiet staff person in the background to make sure everything gets done. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. And that's that's why I like your story so much is because, you know, often there's this whole idea that I'm going to follow my soul's voice and do what my soul tells me to do. And it's all going to be easy. And it's just going to unfold in front of me. And it wasn't in my case. And very rarely, I mean, there are some instances, there are some people who I've talked to that really it was it. But mostly, I think when your soul's voice is talking to you, it's it's like you just said, it's trying to get you to unlevel, up level, to expand and growth. And I think that's what our soul is here on this planet for, right? Like that's why we're in this human form is about growth and expansion. So often when we start listening to that voice, it starts to lead us to places where we do have to step into growth and expansion to become the best version of ourselves. And that's what this is literally all about. <laughs> so yeah, so you becoming stepping out from behind and now having to become visible was yet expanding another part of you. It was. And then when you start to get, and then I moved on to energy healing and animal communication. And that was another up-leveling because trusting what you get when you do animal communication, that you're actually really connecting with the animal and having the courage to share that. Mm. That's a huge there was a huge step for me and it still is i've gotten a lot better but it's like okay we're gonna do this and then you get luckily for me i get some good results hearing from people that that has it has been helpful it's it's right on but the the speaking in that way was way out of anything i ever thought i was going to be doing (laughs) in life (laughs) i can imagine that because you're trusting what's coming to you and you're speaking it. And then you're like, oh my goodness, are these people going to think I'm nuts? Like I'm crazy. You know what I mean? And it takes an immense amount of courage again. And I think this is the thread through your whole story. It takes immense amount of courage to kind of move yourself out of the way so that you can share those messages, those powerful healing messages for people, for their pets. Right. But if you get trapped in the middle and I like, I know this so well, because this has been a huge part of my journey is like literally moving myself out of the equation so that I can do the job that my soul wants me to do. <laughs> that's so like, true. That's you know, Jennifer, I'll actually say, if I'm feeling that way, I'll actually say, oh, I have spirit guides that help me. But 
say, move me out, get me out of the way. The reason mm. I'm here for this, this wonderful soul animal and their people. And, and I have to actually ask that I get moved out of the way, which, and the moving out of the way is that, am I going to do this wrong? Is this going to be completely useless? What am I doing? Um, right. How are they going to take it? That is all ego driven. Get that stuff out of yeah. the way and just serve. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's a huge part of like the journey of learning to trust our intuition and to listen to that intuitive voice because there, like, again, it's like I described, you know, there's the two sides of you. There's the part of you that's like, like for me was like, you're going to fail. You're going to be poor and destitute. You're going to be, you know, a 60 year old woman with 15 cats. And I'm not even a cat person. Like this was the picture that was being painted for me by my ego. Right. And that was the part was like trying to keep me to what I knew. And even along my journey, there came a point where I got, I bought into all of this notion and I went back and took another corporate job. And I was in that job for like, not even three months. And then I was like, oh crap, (laughs) I'm not supposed to be here. (laughs) I made a mistake, you know, and now I have to kind of undo that mistake and go back to where I was. I actually consider that now to be a huge part of my journey because it just reinforced for me that where I was going was in fact right because that felt so wrong. (laughs) Right. So yes. Yes. Yeah. I had a kind of a, this, uh, it sounded like, like a, very subtle invitation to come on back. And that was also help for me to say, oh, I love you guys, but no, I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's the thing, because like the human mind will talk us into all kinds of things that are not real, (laughs) right? That are not aligned with our highest and best. If that's the journey that we're on to realize our highest and best in this lifetime, then you have to be able to move yourself out of the equation, which is not easy in the culture that we live in, in the society in which we've been brought up, right? Because it's all about external validation and even more so as a woman. My goodness, yes. Yeah. And to have this kind of courage, it takes so... Oh, how do I say it? It is so difficult. For, it has been so difficult for me to keep moving. But the the other way feels sort of like moving towards this. It's kind of a death of the soul is, is what mm. it feels like for me. So I yeah. keep using this, even though it is very difficult. And you're right. I mean, I, somebody that I, that I taught on Zoom or something, it came in and I saw him in person here. And she says, oh, you're so short. I'm like... Oh, am I supposed to be tall? <laughs> but there's so many assumptions about what we should look like and how we should speak or what we should not speak about. Yeah. Um, as I get more more vocal, I'm finding those. And that's, that's a new place for me to have to let go and say, well, that's their stuff. Taint mine. God bless them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your story, you know, like we talked about, we had a conversation before we recorded this podcast episode. And as you're sharing your story, the one thing that I kept seeing over and over again was this constantly stepping into the unknown, like trusting and just stepping forward from, you know, first joining the Navy to leaving the Navy to becoming sober, to leaving a stable corporate job and going into massage, right, which kind of goes against the grain of what we're taught we should do, right? Like it's, you get a good stable corporate job and stay there until you retire. And then that part's fuzzy after that, right? But, but 
like this constantly just stepping forward, stepping into the unknown. Like, what would you say to somebody right now who might be listening, who has a kind of a nudge or a dream or desire that they're feeling calling to, but they're really afraid to take that neck to step into the unknown? Oh, great question. To me, it has always been and to stop and take a look at, if this makes sense, the path of what what's safe versus the path of this new possibility. And mm. notice where your energy is. Notice where your excitement is and mm. tap into that because I think that yeah. stores that soul saying, yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. There's something good here. And I think if you've heard me over and over, when I hit a wall, something or somebody came along to say, here, try this. Do this. I don't think I've ever been left out to dry, so to speak, by by the spiritual world, (laughs) sending me what I needed in the physical world. I love that so much, like following what I call the crumbs of joy, right? Because you need something. And I was literally having this conversation with my daughter the other day. Stepping into the unknown is scary. But you need to know there's something on the other side like that gives you that excitement that can pull you through that. Because if you don't see anything on the other side, and this is the importance for everybody listening, this is the importance of really getting clear on what we want for our lives, like not from an ego point or from our brain point, but from like like deep in our soul, like at our, in our heart of hearts. Because if we can anchor into what that thing is, it will be amazing how much it can pull you through the fear. Like, you know what you're going towards. Even if you don't know all of the details and 100% of what it looks like, you're going towards the feeling of it. And following those crumbs of joy. In fact, I, this at the beginning of this year, made a very clear intention that I will only do the things in my business now. I will only be led in the places that bring me joy. Now, that's not to say that like doing my taxes and (laughs) accounting and all of those administrative tasks that I hate. No, yes, I still do those. But when I'm thinking about the next steps and where I want to go, I'm like, what's really exciting me right now? Because I know in the place of excitement and joy, like things will happen. Doors will open. I'll meet people. I will never be not supported. That's so true. I love that. Truthfully, I was not always clear about what the what was on the other side until I jumped. And then yeah. as I jumped, things became clearer to me. Like I didn't know when I went to massage oh, that I would be here now. But as I made the decision, it it's like opening a door to a new yeah. life. And then you get to look through and say, huh, there's some intuition stuff going on here. This is going to be really interesting. And and then your dogs and cats start communicating with you without, without your asking. Actually, it started with my dogs. But without even asking, you say, wow, that, that didn't, didn't know that was going to happen. And so, But there, there's that little place where you really don't know, but it feels very good when you make that first move. And then stuff started show, starts showing up yeah. that you're talking yeah. about, the crumbs of joy, I think it was. Happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. And I think, too, like the other thread that I hear through your story is just your openness, right? Like to be able to allow it to unfold without, you know, like you could have gone into massage going, am I really going to be a massage therapist for the rest of my life? But you were like, no, this is the next step. And I'm not sure what's going to come after that, or even if there is an after that, but I'm going somewhere. So again, just kind of allowing, 
which is the key word for me this year, allowing, <laughs> right, is so critically important. It, it is. And with allowing comes trust for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I think those go hand in hand. To, I think I've said this, but trust that something something good, somebody's watching out. Somebody's saying, okay, let me hand you the next thing. Or, or let me give you a way of looking at this that that's going to make it all worthwhile. And when you say allowing, I also love the word in unfolding because you, you just get to be in the next now and say, wow, wow. Yeah. What's well, and allowing, yeah, I mean, allowing and trust requires us to be in the present moment. Yeah. Right. Like you can't be fast forwarding because you don't even know what the fast forward is. Right. It's just being allowing and being and trusting that there's something on the other side. Right. That you're being led somewhere. Yeah. 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 And then when you which I think if we're in the right path, when we start looking for it, we will get evidence. That's it. You will see evidence. Yeah. You got to look for it. You got to trust it. And then you got to say, thank you. I'll take more. Yeah. Or however you say that, but that's how I like to say it. Oh, give me more of that. But that's, exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what I say. When I'm in a situation, I'm like, yes, universe, more of this, please. More of yes. this, please. Yeah. Right. And you just keep, you just keep asking. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're a very good demonstration of this as well is, you know, as women in the first part of our lives, we are so busy doing, doing for everybody, everything, raising our kids, making sure everybody's happy. And then, you know, you kind of reach this period of your life. Like you said, there was nothing exciting going on for you. Your kids are now figuring out their own lives. And we're at this place now where the gift of that time is the time, space and energy to be able to hear the voice that maybe was drowned out by all of our previous busyness. And it comes online like that much stronger because we are meant, like we are meant to tune in at this point. I think that's true. You know, I I didn't say this before, but I actually had a spiritual experience when I was in my uh, young teens. And it was like, well, that's interesting. I'm not sure that I can, anybody's going to believe me, you know. But then I was able to like, I think that, let's see, I don't know how this fits all in. But finally, the seed starts to grow. When we finish those tasks, they talk about the to-do list or the got to do this stuff. And for, I think it might be true for women, maybe for men as well, that that the thing that, that happened to me back in my teens finally gets to go, let's do this now because the right. kids are gone. Let's do it. Come on. It's time. I've it's been time. waiting. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. And, you know, like we tuck these little dreams and desires for our lives, like way back in a corner somewhere, and then we come back and we have to dust them off. (laughs) Right. And it's like now reconnecting with that part of ourselves. And this is the other beautiful part about this time of our lives is, you know, we think we're stepping into the unknown, but really what we're stepping into, what we're doing is, is reconnecting with the parts of ourselves that we've lost along the way. Oh, my goodness, that's true. Right. And calling them back. It's like, oh, yeah, that part of me that was really creative and artsy. Right. Like, where is she? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My intuitive side's just like, all right, let's do it. Come on. I've been waiting. Let's 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 get this baby going. Yeah. Yeah. So now you run an animal communication business. And tell us a little bit about like, what is animal communication and why do people come to you for that? Okay, so. Animal communication is telepathically connecting with 
animals, either it, those who are still on the planet or they've passed on. And it, it sounds, you know, there's the term woo-woo. Well, that's good, but it's really very practical because you can find out how they're feeling physically or emotionally. You can find out why they started doing that weird behavior that they were good, they never did before, and where did where they come from? And what I do is, and I think a lot of good animal communicators do this too, we include in their energy healing to deal with what we find out. It's not good enough to tell you that you didn't know this, but your dog had some kind of a crazy, scary interaction somewhere along the way, and now they're afraid. What I will do is we'll go back and we'll see if we can release the fear of that that got created out of that that specific incident so that so you can come back and be some happy, joyful animal. Mm. Mm. Uh, so there's not only the communication, but there's the what can we do to make this a happier family? Because then our then there's a, there's a shift with the animal and shift with the humans on both of us. Like let's let's get our act together through more knowledge and also more releasing of energy so that everybody is uh, more in sync behaviorally yeah. or well, however you want to do it. And that's, that's really my goal. That's so cool. That is so cool. Thank you. So where can people find out more about you and your work? Like, so first of all, let me just say, I am a huge believer in animal communication. I have had somebody do a reading on my own pup who's now two years old, who was incredibly timid. And it literally has changed. In fact, just this morning, I was like, he is so much more confident than he used to be after that experience. And it's, it makes my heart so happy because I kept thinking, you know, like, why is he so afraid? Like, it's almost like he was an abused dog, but I've had him since he was a puppy. So I know he wasn't abused. Right. But whatever it was that was making him fearful, you know, after the animal communication and he had a Reiki healing, he's like a different dog. Like we had a repairman in our house today. And normally if somebody strange came into the house, he would run and hide. He actually was right up there sniffing the guy in his tools, <laughs> like trying to figure out what was going on. <laughs> Right. So what, can uh, I animal... give you a tool? How can I help? <laughs> well, what I was afraid of is he was going to grab a tool and run because that's what he will do sometimes. <laughs> that's his favorite game. right? But it really is powerful. If anybody listening is struggling with an issue, a health issue or behavioral issue with your pup, I highly, highly, highly recommend you know, finding someone like Mary Beth who has the gift or Mary Beth herself even who has the gift to be able to provide some insight because it really does, to your point, make a much happier family. Yeah. And that's really the point. That um, is the point. Yes. We love them yeah. so much and we want to do. We got them because we wanted to have a cool, loving, joyful relationship. And so there we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my best place is my website is a sacredgrove.com, S-A-C-R-E-D-G-R-O-V-E.com. There's a lot of information there about what I do and how to, how to uh, connect with me. And I would love people to do that. Maybe join my newsletter, that find out yeah. what, I, what we're up to every week and things like that. Thank you for asking. No problem. Well, we will make sure that all of that information gets in the show notes. So anybody listening can go to the show notes to find out where to find you. But I just want to say thank you for sharing your story with us. You know, like I said, the your willingness to step into the unknown, to find the courage to kind of keep going on paths that looked 
very unconventional and just, you know, like being led to your gift, right? Because we are all, every single one of us on this planet is gifted, right? In some way or some form. And if we just allow, if we remain open enough, if we learn to manage through fear, we are being led to that place. Like, you know, as Rumi, I think it's Rumi who says, what you seek is seeking you. And, you know, if we can just get out of our own way long enough, I mean, God, that is my lesson every day. Get out of the way. Just get out of the way. (laughs) I have to remind myself of that daily. I have a very analytical brain who would like to take over and I have to find ways to keep her busy so that, you know, the other messages can come in. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That is so true. Yeah. And so thank you. You know, having this conversation, Jennifer, it actually clarified lovely things for me and uh, speaking them in the way of honoring what I have done is, is a gift to me. So thank you so much for letting me talk about all the things I've done in my life. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing the gift of your story and your work with us. I know it will be inspiring to whoever is listening to this. So thank you. I'm glad to be here. So for those of you listening, I hope you are inspired by this conversation as I am. The greatest thing that you could do would be to go and give us a rating or a review or better yet, pass this along to a friend, relative or somebody, you know, who might get something out of it. So until next time. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.